Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess... Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live outrage. from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time talking for about. Mortgage Matters. Well, hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters. Dan, welcome, welcome. Good morning. It's the, uh, so we're really here. It's really live. You can call us and check if you want. Um, it's December 8th. That's exciting. Um, yeah. Sure are sprucing up the studio here I know, lately. New, new mic socks. And yeah. Like new, yeah, everything, man. It's getting getting pretty spiffy in here. Still waiting for that carpet, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, uh-huh. I feel like we were talking about getting new carpet when we first yeah, moved well, into these studios. From what, what I've has told, it been like two or three years now? Yeah, yeah from what <laughs> I've told, is like the owner will be like, um, "Yeah, we need new carpet," and then he sees the bill. Yeah, <laughs> well, this is a pretty big building. <laughs> it is a big building. Yeah, so I mean, this room alone, it's yeah. not that much, but no, yeah, you know, the building. Yeah, yeah. At least I we have it. a green room here. Over there, we didn't really even have that. And yeah, you got a little mm-hmm. furniture outside by the cow out there now. Oh, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. We're decking it out <laughs> in here, man. Yeah. yeah. Why? Getting ready just, to sell? Just, yeah. <laughs> Please not. <laughs> They've got the stager working overtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fresh coat of paint thing, right? Yeah. How many years since KVC got bought and moved over here? Five uh, years? No, it's been no, less than that. Like three. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a good run. You guys probably getting ready to sell. Nah, I don't know about that. No. The Brandons love us. Yeah? They're the guys that own us, yes. Over in The Brandons? Two American. Brandons? Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Well, there there's there's two brothers. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Copy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Um well. Feels like it's been a little bit since we did a show together, Dan. Has been a bit. I mean, yeah. maybe maybe a month or something. I don't know. Yeah. Super exciting, though. Yeah. Um, Dan limped, in, limped <laughs> into the gate here this morning, having uh-huh. come from the uh, an back office. Back-to-back Christmas parties. Yeah. Or... Uh, I got one on the books uh, for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's tomorrow? Christmas season, right? A, a Sunday? Sunday? Interesting. Okay. Uh, I think you can save a lot of money on these big venues <laughs> yeah, and do sure. it on a Sunday. Nobody does it on Sunday too much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and actually, I, I know the host of the party, obviously, and he said that it was um, based on accommodating more schedules, right? Because these weeks get filled up. Yeah. And then, you know, some people can't make it. But Sunday is usually pretty free because who <laughs> plans anything on a Sunday? <laughs> So anyway, the uh, Christmas music is everywhere. Mm-hmm. In fact, we'll be probably playing some this morning. Yeah. I won some more. I called it points with the wife. Mm-hmm. 
last year at Christmas. You know, my wife really likes Christmas music. I like it too, but she really likes it. Yeah. Last year, though, I told her um, that song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. I said, this song is not long. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? I said, listen to this song. This lady is trying desperately to leave in this like... I know, it's a breakup song somewhat. Push. Yeah. I feel like it's like... Uh, mm-hmm. She just needs to go, and she's <laughs> she's saying clearly, I need to leave here, and the guy is like, just another drink. Take off your jacket. Come on, stay. So I figure, you know, this, this song's out of here with, <laughs> with what's going on lately. And then I saw this week, there's people that are angry about the song. I feel like it's playful. Yeah, yeah baby, it's cold outside. It's a, it's a, it's playful. It depends on the spirit in which you mean it. Dan, yeah. you've never been detained against your will. <laughs> I think we have a bumper. playful about that. I think we have a bumper song to come back okay. to. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That could be it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. It's a good song, but yeah, it's kind of. It is. It's classic. Yeah. I mean, the elf, that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, elf, when the, the movie? Yeah. With the, uh, right? You're looking at me like I'm, I'm crazy. I'm tr- you, that scene, you have to <laughs> narrow they down. Sing so that <laughs> Zoe Deschanel and Will Ferrell uh, duet that song uh, together in okay. that movie. Anyway, great movie. Mm. Oh, it's so funny. I love that. He freaks That's... out when he sees Santa Claus. Oh, my God, I know, <laughs> know him. <laughs> it's on, I think it's on every night in the month of December. You can find it on a channel yeah. somewhere. So yeah. You know that the <laughs> Galaxy <laughs> Movie Theater... Um, replays old movies like every week, like and it's kind of seasonal. So right now, for this period, they're playing you know Christmas Story and all just all the classics. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow they're playing the Elf on the oh, big screen. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I'll go, but that's fun. You know, they played Top Gun not too long ago. The Shining right around Halloween. Go see all those old movies Love on the those. big screen. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Movies you saw when you were a younger you with less back, oh, yeah. less back pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christmas Story is another one. It's really funny. The kid gets his tongue stuck to the pole. Yeah. <laughs> it's a I good just, one. You know, I just love that one. It's a good one. <laughs> or the Christmas Vacation. I mean, yeah, yeah. Blows up, Clark yeah. blows up the neighborhood. <laughs> the other day, one of my friends who does a pretty elaborate uh, Christmas light setup on the house put the picture on Facebook of like, look, we did it. It only took 400 boxes or something. And so then I just I commented in the thing, it's a beaut, Clark. And <laughs> I don't even know if anybody got it at all. But I laughed. <laughs> I, I lulled myself. Actually, I didn't really lull. It was more like I kind of softly blew air out my nose. There's a chuckle in, yeah. inside. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Um, all right. Well, we always use the first few minutes here of the show to kind of warm up and, um, you know, state of the state. So it's a holiday vibe. And, uh, we're, man, we're getting down to the end of the year again. This is wild. Um, when I do my loan disclosures, I'm always putting, you got to put in like your first payment date, these kind of things. So it's been over a month now. I've been logging first payment dates for 2019 
So we're writing 2019 a lot more lately. That's wild. Um, the the market, man. Geez, the stock and bond markets <laughs> have been going ballistic, and I saw, man, what was the? It was a meme, and I, I'm going to venture to say it's probably not true, but um, it could be. I just there isn't a great way to know or not. But it said that the Dow was like plus or minus 1% 20 times in like this 30-day period. So moving. Oh, like big volatile days. Yeah, 250 points or more, up or down, but for like 20 sessions of, of the last 30 or something like this. And man. I believe it. Yeah, right? It felt that way. And so many days you'd look at it. Oh, wow. Look, the market's down 500 points and, you know, recover a little bit, maybe not close that far down. I mean, there's certainly days it was closing that far down. Uh, I this think, is a pretty rough week. Yeah, this for week. Stocks. We yeah. lost almost 5% in the stock market, pretty much wiped out all gains for the year. Yep. Um, the, the Dow Jones uh, industrial average is sitting right around 24,500. Yeah, yesterday closed down almost 560 points. points in the Dow. Um, the other thing, you know, so in that we've seen a lot of volatility there and a down a downward trend ultimately for the last little bit here. Um, and it's that stock market volatility and and downturn that's really got people looking forward at next year, believing that that the economy is going to have a, a tougher road ahead. Um, you're just starting well, to hear that talk all over. But you've always been good about about kind of helping keep this in perspective. But let's talk about the fact that um, it's the end of the year, right? There was the stock markets went up a lot, and maybe you lost your um, your 2018 gains. Maybe those are gone. But man, your 2016s. Sure. Right. Your 2015s. Looking back over the last few years, you could have really made a lot of money here. Mm -hmm. um, and also, some of that punch drunk feeling about the new administration and the midterms and the you know all the things like we've we've sort of sorted through a lot of that, and we some of it may have been um, really just sort of made more spectacular or the anticipation of these things was just so fantastic to imagine what could it be. And so you saw the stock market over, you know, really since the, um, the new administration came and you really saw the stock market surge. And so I swear I'm getting at is that, you know, is the sky the limit, Dan? Um, a year ago, you might have said, man, maybe the sky is the limit. You know, wait until these tax things happen and then, whoa, the midterms. And what if we do this and what if we do that? And the, the country really just really does get 3.7 um, unemployment rate, right? You've got good jobs numbers. GDP is stronger than it's been um, in years. So maybe this, maybe the peak is really up from here, right? But right now, now in December, at the end of the year, as we've sort of seen how all this stuff has been working, um, do you sell? Man, selling right now puts a little money in the bank, right? It converts that stock ticker into like some actual savings dollars that's 
money back in the bank. So that's what I wonder about, of how much of this is just people saying, let's get off the roller coaster for a minute here. We made some good money. That was a good run. Yeah, I guess I'm just combining the the movement of the stock market with the sentiment of the traders. And the sentiment appears to have turned, and I'd say it it feels like it had turned about a month or two ago. It went from, yeah. this is a white-hot economy, to, hmm, next year might be a slower-growth year, or, you sure. know, how are... I don't know. It, it's just... We always know the stock market's a forward-looking index. Yeah. Usually, you know, looking out about six months. So um, they, we've already heard some uh, projections for GDP next year being down from this year a little. So it just seems like... And you know the way people are, right? People, one person starts talking a certain way, and the next person catches on, and they tell three friends. And before you know it, everyone's kind of thinking the same way. Right. Um, and it feels like that's that's happening, and we're watching it unfold right now. Um, and I feel like that sentiment change is being reflected in this stock market. Sure. Uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and I do see that there would be opportunity. Because if you if you invested... Anytime in the last 10 years, you've realized gains most likely. And so, yeah, I do see opportunity to, and also knowing that economic cycles generally run about 10 years long, you could see people timing this going, eh, it might be about time to get out. So I, I see that side of it too. Um, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm taking it all in. I don't really know what to think of it right now. And when you tell me that there's these days up and down, you have this choppiness, that, that, to me speaks of uncertainty right. a little bit you know if if there was clear direction you'd see it just heading one way but it seems uncertain and that's why you're seeing it up and down there's like second guessing day after day after day and short memory spans right <laughs> definitely whatever it was that made you lose 600 points yesterday you should remember that well enough to know that you don't get to go 600 back the other direction today. I just am always baffled by that. Sometimes I think, um, oh, I don't even know if I want to say this, but I guess I will. Sometimes I think that that traders, um, and not as much as like your local uh, investment guy, like I'm talking your um, like that Wall Street guy. Sometimes I think the traders like that guy. Um, and and I want to lump um, loan officers in there too because they're a whiny little bunch. Um, <laughs> and realtors, there um, some realtors belong in this this crew as well. But um, almost like crybabies, you know. It was like, and this is how I kind of feel about the traders is that well, it was really your season, wasn't it, there, buddy? Um, you were doing it, and it was going great. The The Dow made this 10,000-point run in the face of, you know, everything. And now it's sort of fizzling only a little bit, and you've given back a few thousand points. And um, But, sh you know, it's cyclical. There's up, there's downs, and now, look, everyone's, like, falling back into the old, you know, the sky is falling camp. And I, I I think that even the housing market has been fighting this to some degree with um, the the broad media has really been 
using some nice big brush strokes to say that that real estate has not only peaked but uh it's a potentially a you know the loser i think is the sentiment that's out there um and i'll say you know loan officers go the same way too rates go up for three or six weeks slightly in a row and all of a sudden man the sky's falling i'm not gonna be able to make my mortgage next year and it's like man don't be a crybaby get out there and work you'll be fine um so we watch this stuff right there's some up there's some down but i'm still saying you remember sitting right here when the Dow was like at 17,000 and we were like, man, can it go 18, 19? And then remember how many sessions it bumped at 20? Um, and then it was like, man, it's getting over 20 in an intraday. As soon it's going to close over 20 and stay over 20. And it did. And then we found ourselves looking at 27,000. So now that the Dow's back to 24,000 is like, um, still a lot of up. So if you like just hopped off a plane with your briefcase full of cash and bought all in <laughs> when it was at 27,000, you can be real sad right now, but everybody else I think has got to expect it's the, um, I think it's normal, right? It's normal. You're going to have some correction. Uh, and I also think too, is that is this is the end of the year. Um, and the end of the year stuff always gets a little weird. It does. But I'll tell you, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, the Fed today because one of the things that I think, like you said, this choppy, this volatile, this one day high, the next day low, um, the Fed's kind of changed their sentiment a little bit lately. And I'm going to say lately as I want to talk about like the last four months. Um and I'll just give you my version of it, and I'm not going to be able to quote the day and the who, um, but I felt like some of the members of the Fed were out saying things like, um, we're on this pace to keep raising rates. We're anticipating, you know, one more this year, two more this year, whatever the time of year, you know, that was, we were going to get one. We're, we're slated to have one here um, in this 10, month. yeah, 10 days this month. Um probably going to get three more in 2019. Um, so kind of get ready for that, right? And we know that they usually change in quarter points. So you can do your math and sort of see the end game to it and wonder, once you do that, well, can the 30-year fix get to 6% and everyone be like still happy humming along, making jobs, Dow going up, all GDP strong? I don't know. But that's... I think we all had kind of accepted that that's what was going to happen, right? But then in the last like like six weeks here, we've had some commentary where we'll see like um, Fed Chair Powell out saying, um, we're going to go beyond neutral. Mm -hmm. And then you go, whoa, nobody's really talked about that yet. We've been in a period of normalizing since the first rate hikes four years ago we've been normalizing so and now you just took me from normal to beyond neutral what's that look like and i understand neutrals you know it's not like the car where you're real sure you're in it it's a zone where um we don't know exactly where neutral is but these guys have said hey we're prepared to go a little beyond neutral and that was where i'm looking at the fed going dang you guys 
you guys really are sold that this thing's white hot, aren't you? And that was where now we've seen enough housing stuff. We've seen some jobs. We've seen even the president talk about reductions in the in the um, stock market due to this rate hiking stuff, right? That was happening a few months ago. And so all of a sudden it was like, whoa, what is going beyond neutral look like? And now this last week, I'm hearing these reports where the Fed's saying, well, we might be a lot closer to neutral than we think. Um, and any of these rate hikes are not guaranteed. And the pace of them is always something that we're going to look at really closely. And it's like, huh, you sure were cocky not that long ago when you were telling me to brace myself for five more, brace myself for going beyond neutral to where now you're telling me we might be at neutral. Like they're literally that's the thing is like right now I'm feeling like the Fed's trying to build the case that we're a quarter point maybe a half a point below neutral and that they might just start that this might be it that's fascinating to me well neutral's a moving target i think when it comes to fed evaluation of the economy i i think but do you neutral is relative to the pace of growth and you're you know so just because they say we're going to go beyond neutral doesn't mean they're going to accelerate the pace of the already disclosed, you know, plan. Sure. Um, you know, sticking with the plan could be, and it could just be that there's a realization all of a sudden based on the economic environment and how it's changing or where it's trending that the plan we've already forecasted now is going to take us to or above neutral. But I think that's always a moving target. It's never just a static thing. It's got to be, Right. I mean, the the manipulation of this rate is to either foster economic growth, maintain current economics, or um, at some degree you're going to um, be curtailing some growth, runaway inflation or just that white-hot growth that's really not good. But, you know, just last week, um, Powell's out talking about this stuff and he said hey look we're we're cognizant that the adjustments that we're making take about a year to be seen mm-hmm. and so um i agree with you i obviously neutral is a range it's not clear to identify um am i crazy though when i say that it feels like what they're saying has shifted that it was like the timing, the pace, how to where, and then all of a sudden neutral starts getting talked about, and then neutral begins. Now they're honing in on neutral that we're closer to neutral. Concern now about what these things do and how long they take to have happen. To me, it feels like clarification. You know, here we're gonna we're gonna have you know hikes quarterly in 2018. And we're gonna have probably three more in 2019 was this, you know, what we thought mid year this year. And then as the year's gone on, they've, they've just described it more. They've clarified more what that means in terms of, you know, the economic impact that neutral where I, I would describe neutral as where the fed interest rate is appropriate for the economic growth and the pace of inflation and the strength of the dollar. They're looking at those things and they are 
if it's in if if all those metrics are in the range that they want, I think that's what you consider neutral. Yeah. Um, when something, you know, when inflation is really depressed, I think you're, you know, that's that's your too accommodative. Um, and and when you've got this runaway inflation, you're you're not you're not stepping on the gas pedal enough. Right. And so you, they need to hike the rates faster. So, so neutrals then- kind of just. Everything's in the zone. Cruising. September, these headlines were kicked around a little bit. Um, You'd have to be going past headlines to see and um, kind of process your own idea of it. But um, in the September meeting, the feds removed the word accommodative from their statement. And I think that's an interesting thing. Why did they remove it? Um, Remove it because soon it shouldn't be there anymore or remove it because now it really shouldn't be there, or we should have taken it out last time and we just didn't. And I feel like accommodative, the removal of accommodated suggests, um, has a correlation to the neutral zone. Sure. Right? So, um, I mean, and obviously we don't know, okay? Um, I'm not even convinced that all of the Fed knows right now. It's made up of multiple members, some voting and some not, and they get together. Um, the reason for the frequency of these meetings is to make sure that they are keeping their finger on the pulse. It would be exactly. unacceptable to meet once a year. Exactly, right? and I think I think all the statements that you receive is really nothing more than these – you know, members thinking out loud in real time. Yes, but we hang on them. I know we the do market hang on moves them. on them. But that's what you get with transparency. I think it's better I'm, to understand the thought process today and understand that it can change and evolve with sure. each passing day, week, sure. month. Um, that you know, today this is why I this this is why we're doing what we're doing because this is what I think today. Tomorrow, right. I reserve the right to think something different. Well, right about the time though. Um, that this recent little, um, you know, multiple presentations or speaking events where Powell's been out and been describing this more and people are starting to nail him down um, to this guy might actually be um, a little farther along to believing that we're neutral or that we're not actually going a point past here or a point and a half past here. Now we've seen the 10-year that was so comfortable above 3 for a long time. Pushing 3.3 is now below 3 again, which is clearly a psychological barrier. Now it's below 3. It's threatening the 2.9. Everything's sort of cleaning up around it. And here we are in December, which is usually a weird month anyway, um, with some actually some pretty great opportunities in terms of say. interest rates, making this a really like if you by dumb luck are buying a house right now, um, or, or so you got lucky, man. You picked up in some cases a quarter or three eighths of a point over this last little spread here just because of it. So, um, it's nice. It also just makes me sort of like look at like, wow, well, this is how we're going to open next year, huh? Um, not a, not one of those quiet Decembers where you just have time to reflect and have your game plan together to, to hit the ground running in January. But now it's more like, well, um, what happened? Why is it happening? 
what's gonna happen and you know and what what should we be doing to position ourselves to have the greatest likelihood of success and i think many people are looking that way you know this Let's do a commercial break. Um, I know because I want to talk about the builders and new home construction, all these things that are tying right into it, but we'll just keep rambling. So let's do our commercial break, and we'll come back in a couple minutes here with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Linux. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 6054783. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage expert. Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. So really I'd better scurry Well, maybe just a half a drink more The neighbors might think Say, what's in this drink? I wish I knew how To break the spell I ought to say no, no, no. Mind if I move in? At least I'm gonna say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my friend? I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. (laughs) 
a great scene. Yeah. <laughs> Get out! That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's yeah. a playful song. Yeah. At least I'll say that I tried. <laughs> yeah, I gotta love that. I gotta watch. I haven't watched Elf again this year. I need to watch Elf again this year. Oh, yeah, man. That's wonderful. It's a great, great movie. Yeah. Really funny. You can buy it in one of those bins at Walmart for like a dollar. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, it's on TV every single, single night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's on Netflix, too. Oh, yeah. It is? I think so. I'll have to check. Usually those services like Netflix or Amazon or whatever, mm-hmm. they'll... They'll like, phase out because, the seasonal well, movie. seasonally, <laughs> so it goes back into the, like, give us five bucks and you could watch it. Right. Like, oh, if it was June, you wouldn't be charging me. <laughs> no. You could watch it for free in June. Yeah. You got to pay in December. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think AMC has been showing it, too. So, yeah. All right. <clears throat> of course, you're full of commercials, but anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to hop back into our combo. Switch over the bond market a little. Well, I was even moving on from that. No, oh. I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, like that, like I said earlier, the the media seems to have been trying to build this case lately, just drumming up support um, for the sentiment here that real estate's like the next shoe to drop. That like here we go, and I don't know that there's. A build of a, of sentiment. I, I think I do. A well, just like you said, of people start talking. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Dan, and I want to be with you too. However, let's not get on the fake news rant here. Nope, it's not fake news, but it's interesting. Where, um, like for example, okay, last oh, it was probably two weeks ago. Now we had. Um, Existing home sales numbers, okay? Right. And when you look at existing home sales in the news, um, and I and by the way, I I do this every week, a few times a week, and part of the thrill for me is looking at the whole page, okay? So I just did this. If you're following along at home, do this with me. Open up your Google box. In the Google tab, type existing home sales and hit um, then the news tab. Let me read you the first headline. I, I In no prioritization, let me just read you the first home uh, headline here. Existing home sales suffer the largest annual drop in four years. Um, then you've got... Um, that kind of sentiment, right, where we're pointing out tumbling and dropping and longest in this amount of time, we just see this this propensity to make this the headline. Um, when you get pending home sales, um, for example, the other thing about existing home sales that was really interesting is that the volume dropped. Yes, it did. Okay. The home price numbers, we see that. Home price appreciation from month to month might cool off a little bit, and it'll say that it's at 
its lowest pace or something, right? I, I get the art of designing a headline to get an eyeball, but the, you can't deny the fact that year over year, existing home sales are down 5%. Year over year, new home sales are down 12%. The, the you know, there's already very little inventory. We've We've got... A quarter of the population can afford to buy a home, but in, so but there's here's, less as but, prices continue to, to reach new highs. People can't afford it. Agreed. But when and you, so there's if you less activity. Did, if you did a thing where you walked up and just asked some people about existing home sales being down, right? Here's your headline: Existing home sales are down five percent year over year, <laughs> like you just said. What's that mean? There's less homes selling this year than last year. Why? Is that because they're all for sale and no one wants to buy them? I think that's a, that's a very, micro market thing to analyze because every market's different. They are, but the and the answer to the question, though, because it's not that inventories doubled while the the volume of sales were down. So it's like my point is, is that that. When somebody just sees that in the Apple News widget, right? Oh, home sales are down. Um, that's that has a negative connotation to it. Um, really, what that headline, I mean, the article's going to say is that the number of home sales are down. The number of homes available for sales are down. That's why the sales number is down. The home price is up as it has been, and really that supply and demand thing is what's keeping this thing pushing forward where the values are still really high. Um, but that just that first headline of, oh, man, home sales are down, they're 5% over a year, that to average people, people that don't track this stuff, that don't know about it, I'm arguing it's just making the case for you that it sounds negative and it doesn't tell the whole story. We see this with the home price numbers. Um, when I hear about home values lately, um, they're telling us, oh, man, the home values are no good. And then you look at it, and it's like, oh, we we were year over year appreciating 6.7%, and now we're appreciating 65 So now home values are slowing to their lowest level in years. And you go, wait a minute. The net change is still up. Your headline deceived me into having this idea that home values were going down. They're not. Yes, the price of appreciation is is curtailing. Um, we should all actually kind of really want that. Um, it's been a long time of going up more than what the um, historical averages have identified as healthy. That being said... Um, like when you look past it, the Case and Schiller 20 city composite index last month, guess what? Year over year, 20 of them were up in year over year home prices are stable or increasing everywhere. There's like very few markets when you get down to actual little cities. There's a couple that had some uh, actual declines in value. But at the same time, on the year over year, there's some places in the nation where we're seeing 15% price appreciation still. So my point is I those headlines I think are misleading, and I think it starts to sort of just get people thinking, ah, oh, well, maybe it's not that strong. Maybe it's not that good. Um, 
And I think those things, because we're sort of on the edge of that, those are some of the things that lead to some of this chop, too. Um, It leads to some of this confidence issue. It leads to some of this, what's the clear direction here? Is real estate a sound investment and a good bet and we're all behind it? Or should we be believing that the volume's light and... You know, that values aren't very good anymore, and, and now it's just we're going to lose. I I just think that that sentiment somehow or other, like it, it starts, it gets hold, it grows, it spreads around like wildfire, and then you just hear people say, you know, ah, this is, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to be the fool that does something stupid right now. Um, kind of crazy. And, and remember to – all real estate's local, right? It's hard to to really talk too much about what's going on um, in every little micro market. Um, there are some headlines this week about um, U.S. home sales. Uh, I pulled this one off. It was the first one that came up in the Google. The CNBC page was where I landed. It says U.S. home sales tumble 8.9% in October, driving to more than a two-and-a-half-year low. Um so the annualized rate of homes um, sold nationally dropped to 544000 last month. Um, and the median home price in the U.S., um, this says that of a new home in the yeah, U.S., fell 3.1% to 309.7 in October. Um, the If you click this... Uh, Next article I saw was about Southern California. Year over year, California's got a 24% increase in new home sales. That's wild, right? San Diego area. And see, now I'm a SoCal guy, so the holidays taking me home um, means I'm going there. You guys are going over into Middle California, so you probably are seeing this around there too. We call it Northern California. I think of Northern <laughs> California as like the north part. Like Sacramento <laughs> and Central, no, like by the way. <laughs> Sacramento is the north. Yeah. Like, it's Northern California. Yeah. Like Chico or Humboldt. <laughs> call it Southern Oregon. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Riverside County is going off. Okay. There's tracks everywhere. Those signs about like on the sides of the road saying, hey, come here. We built you a new house. Um, there's a lot of that. And I imagine that's going on in Northern California too, right? Um, the up in places, Chico and Redding right? up there? Fresno, Sacramento. Uh, the places where they have land to be able to put in some housing, they build a lot of housing. Um, California has been building a lot of housing. Um so anyhow, I see it though trickle all the way down here um into the home buyers that come in and they come in um with a new sort of a new sort of sense about them that um nobody thinks we're on the brink of collapse, but everybody seems to have this air of this just really might not be a great time. Well, Prices have gone up a lot in 10 years. We all remember the last time home prices went up rapidly in a 
ten year period. Yeah, but some it of didn't, those, and, and I get that it was a different environment. But once bitten, twice shy. We also, I mean, who want? Is this the peak of home prices for this cycle? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it's a year from now. Maybe it's two years. Maybe it's five. Maybe it's ten. I don't know. But it's got me at least thinking about it because sure. I've seen my home go from a $400,000 home to a $800,000, a million dollar home. This is the prices. I look at homes sometimes and I'm like, that's what you're getting for that much money? That's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's what you're getting? Yeah. Um, and so it's just got people pausing. I, you don't have this frenzy of activity because people aren't people are still very um, discerning about what they're what they're getting for their money when it comes to buying a home. Um, and I think it's just affordability. You know, I need three bedrooms or I need four bedrooms, but my price point that I can actually afford the monthly payment only allows me to look at you know, two and three bedroom homes. Um, it's, it's a tough market out there, especially when you're in this expensive market, like, like we're in. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, we're definitely seeing a trend change here. And, and I get that there's headline manipulation to get eyeballs. It's all about clicks on the internet. Now it's how you sell advertising. Um, but it, it doesn't undermine the point that, that there's a trend change, that there are less homes selling, whether it's lack of inventory or whatever, lack of ability to afford. There's a trend change, and we need to understand that and anticipate what that means for the future of home prices and sales. We're already seeing it anecdotally here where homes are sitting a little longer in certain markets. Um there's price drops in certain price categories mm-hmm. to try to attract more eyeballs. I still think in our market, anything that can come on the market at $600,000 and below is going to have rapid marketing time and near full price offers. Because that low, that, that's what I would consider the, <clears throat> the entry level of our county's market. And there is so much demand for that entry level portion of our market. There are people, every mortgage company will tell you they've got 20, you know, every loan officer, I should say, has 20 clients that want to buy a home in the sub 600,000 price category. If if a thousand new homes came on at, <clears throat> at that price level, they'd all go in the next 30 days. Yeah. I have no doubt. So it's just, you know, but at the same time, people have been watching this Price trend build, and now they're like, "Oh, I'm going to take my six hundred thousand dollar home and list it at seven fifty. Yeah. Bought it three years ago. I'm going to cash in, and and they're pushing it. They're pushing. Oh, my neighbor just sold for seven fifty. I'm going to go for seven eighty. Um, and so at some point, it's got to it's got to slow down. It's got to stop. And that's what we're seeing now is that slowing process. Somebody told me the <clears> other <throat> day that um, that the entire like middle class of California is moving out of state right now. There's a middle class? Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a middle? The working class. <laughs> the middle class is the working class today. But yeah, that everyone's just selling and leaving. Well, that's interesting. Um, that's the one part about all of these things that I always scratch my head at is that um, 
If you own a house here, you live here, um, this is like you're either retired or you're working. Most of us are working at this age in my peer group. So um, let's say your house is went from 400000 to 800000 uh, You want to sell it? Where are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What's your plan? You need shelter. Um, and your house is really, for most people, your house is really your only meaningful write-off. So what what are you going to do? Um, no, no real, there's no real answer to that unless you are leaving. Then in, in which case, if you're leaving, it's just because you, you want it out of the state and that if you really need to leave here, that, that was going to happen, right? You were, you were like, it was possible that you were convinced that New Mexico is where you belong. So hasta la vista with, um, the other people. So let's just say you're not leaving. You're going to. Are you going to sell your house and pocket all that money because home prices are crazy and just start paying rent and stay here? No, that's nuts. And then you got the other people that are, um, so you rent, right? You rent If someone here. did that in 2008 for a couple of years, you'd call them brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe. Dang, man, nice job. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, timing is everything, right? I don't, yeah. there are probably people that did that by accident, just dumb luck. Um, yeah, but then you got people that rent today and let's just say you rent and you can afford your high rent and you'd like it. Like you like living in slow, you, your life's good. And you're, I would, I would own here if I could, um, you're a would be home buyer then, uh, waiting for your time to strike, waiting for that sub 600 home to come on. Yeah. And if you've been <laughs> hanging out since 2014, waiting, um, even if we get a five or ten percent price reduction from here, you still blew it so bad. It's thirty percent higher than it was in twenty fourteen. So you like you're you know what I mean? You're trying to catch a you're trying to catch a fallen knife there. Um and and again, I some part of me looks at it right now and says, Okay, well let's just suppose that like you just got out of medical school. And you got your job now as you're making two hundred grand a year, and you're you're discerning, you're a smart guy, and you're like you're a discerning home buyer, and you go, mm, I could afford it, and now I'm really making some money, so I'm gonna I, I am gonna buy a house, but now is not the time. I'm gonna wait for the market correction. Um, what's that look like? How could you? I mean, it, look, there are deals in every market. Whether it's an up market, a down market, a neutral market, there's there's a deal. You know, some people need to sell a home yesterday and they'll put it on below market. There's yeah. people who they just it doesn't matter to them. They want to avoid the hassle, the marketing time, the the people in and out of their house or, you know, maybe they just have excess investment properties that no longer give them depreciation value on taxes and whatever. Well, if sure. I if I take a slight haircut on it. I'll do it. It's just easy. So there's there's a deal opportunity to every market. I just think this market, what we're seeing is a patient buyer. Um, you know, the the guy, I, I just, I have a hard time seeing people sitting on their couch at home paying rent going, you know, this isn't the time. We're going to wait. We're going to wait for that correction. And we're going to, we got our graphs and charts and every month we're tracking these figures and <laughs> oh, oh, we went down 3.9%. I think next month's our month. That's not happening. I think there's just 
you know, hey, things have been going really well for a while and prices are up. You know, if we don't need to we don't need to be hasty right now. Um, you know, if, if anything, I think patience if there's but if a, if the right home at the right price comes on, I'm all over it. When people need to buy a home, they do it out of need. You don't talk to any realtor and say, is the rate environment impacting business? No, no one's ever having that conversation about rate. <clears throat> when it's time to buy, it's out of need of the family. Their family size is changing. They need a bigger house. Um, family size is changing, going smaller. We need a smaller house. Uh, we Job opportunity in a different part of the state, we're moving. There's those things. That's the reason people are buying and selling homes m- for the majority of people. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think that we've just got this we're at a high end of the market people realize it so they're exercising patience and caution and um if you're one of those sellers that's just trying to get max dollar because you're seeing the trend and you're trying to you know oh well it's been going up at 5% so I'm going to list mine for 5% more than the home just sold yesterday you're going to have a marketing lag you're going to be on the market for a little while cuz people sure. aren't ready for that um I don't know well, but one of the things, though, you're, that like I want to anticipate, and the reason the Fed speak matters is our rates going up another percent from here, or potentially one and a half, because I want to put that into my spreadsheet. If I know that the house I'm going to buy might be worth five percent less, but I got to pay an interest rate that's, you know, a point and a half higher than where we are today. That I would like to know that 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 matters on my cash flow and my ability to what I can qualify for. Um, so anyhow, we have the uh, top of the hour commercial break here. So we'll be out for about five minutes. This is your big break. So you can go make that oatmeal and then uh, sit back down and get ready for a whole nother hour. We'll be back in a few minutes here with more mortgage matters. You're tuned into Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Blixin' and blixin' and all his reindeers pulling on the reins. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. So hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. He's got a bag that's filled with toys for boys and girls again. Hear those sleigh bells jingle jangle, oh what a beautiful sight So jump in bed and cover your head, cause Santa Claus comes tonight Dan, you got littles I do Do your kids believe in Santa? Yeah, of course Are they? Doesn't everybody? Talk about the kids <laughs> So, uh, I believe in Santa Me too yeah, I do too <laughs> Didn't Gene Autry own your team? Actually, one of your guys' teams at one point? Yeah. My, uh... 
angels. Yeah. You <laughs> Maybe we should avoid that whole subject. Not <laughs> <laughs> talk about that when my family's at home listening. Be good. <laughs> so that Santa fulfills the desires of your heart. See, we don't have a chimney at our house. And they're always like, oh, that's okay. How does he get in? I'm like, I, I usually just leave the back door unlocked. Or he comes in through the dog door. Dan, um, <laughs> all over the U.S., uh, there's a lot of our housing stock is like mobile and manufactured homes. Those like never have a chimney. Right. So Santa has been making it into all kinds of various design styles and builds through <laughs> the years uh, without uh, the, the chimneys. While it's preferred, it's the preferred mode of entry, uh, obviously unnecessary. Um. Yeah. So uh, we talked for a long time and never really made it anywhere too yeah. fruitful during that last segment. Um, what was our point? You're a bit more pragmatic, less convinced of um, than me I, at the other end of the spectrum. Is I believe the media is just is just hell-bent on convincing everybody that only a moron would buy real estate right now. And their incentive is? I don't even know. They have no incentive to do that. Well? They're trying to get you to read a headline. I don't know, man. Anyway, let's not talk about it more. <laughs> I think we beat it to death. <laughs> um, maybe their incentive is just that they printed it first. They predicted it first. They were smarter well, They than could be you. first to predict the, uh, the next boom cycle. Let's predict it now. Before it even happens. <laughs> That's awfully far <laughs> away. Um, there there are a few other happenings, though, in the um, loan business that I think is exciting. Uh, can I stump you? Okay. Let me try. Yeah. Let me try. This will be fun. Um, so every year the FHFA releases a new... Um, Sometimes they don't change the the limit, but there's a conforming loan limit that's set for loans by state and by property type, right? Well, there's like a there's a national limit, the conforming limit, and then they have the high balance limit that starts to zero in on certain counties. Yeah, high cost counties. Right. So what I was going to ask you is, do you know what they base what um, they base the would-be increase in that um, maximum loan amount on? I just assumed it was um, the the average or median price across the country of homes transacting yeah, in that period. It is. They. It. I think it's from quarter three specifically, but okay. they look at the year-over-year -year home price increases – and then, because basically, so here's the deal for those of you that aren't tracking very well. Um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have this maximum loan limit, right? And and the idea is we're trying the the maximum loan limit idea is really trying to keep the keep Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac relevant to kind of the average people buying the average houses, right? You're not buying a Bel Air mansion with a Fannie Mae loan unless you have a ridiculous amount of money down because there's a maximum loan limit, right? So the the, the guidelines, it's all it's all built and targeted at people that are the kind of the um, 
the ideal demographic of kind of the heartbeat of America, that where you live, you need access to be able to borrow money for a good 30-year fixed and be able to buy kind of the median home in your town. And so um, one of the things that happened, so back in like 2000. Seven-ish, okay? You were a maximum conforming loan limit was like 417000 I think that's what it was at the time. Could have been four hundred four. No, 417 It was stuck on that for yeah, so, a long time. So it was 417 And so houses were, in some cases, worth much, much more than that. Um, but that was the cap. So if you needed to borrow more than four seventeen, so say you bought a six hundred thousand dollar house, you better be prepared to put one hundred eighty three thousand dollars down because that was your max loan amount four seventeen. That's how it works. Um, so there was all these other loans, right? There's jumbo loans. There's all other stuff going on. You had access to money. It was everywhere. Then we had that big crash, and. All those crazy companies that had all their wild products and exotic loan programs vanished overnight. So let's just say you did owe $600,000 that day. Um, Your ability to refi that was just gone. The banks were gone. They were fly-by-night banks that um, in many cases just had... They didn't have appropriate reserves. They didn't have good lending practices. They just vanished. And so um, in part of that uh, whole era there, one of the things that that happened with the FHFA was, hey, let's make these temporary conforming loan limit increases. And um, we call them high balance. Um, It used to be that a lot of California had these high balance areas. Now it's actually very few. I think we're down to seven or something counties. All and, the coastal counties. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> where real estate's really expensive. And though the jumbo market has returned to some degree, it could just be argued that here where things are more expensive, it's essential to have a higher loan limit um, than it might be in Bakersfield. And likewise, San Mateo or Santa Barbara, um, those places where there are um, working class people that are there and they can't they can't qualify or afford a jumbo loan. They need access to a good conventional loan. So um, that's where we have the differentiation between the conforming high loan or the conforming loan amount and then the high balance loan amount. Um, and so we just found out uh, recently that the 2019 number was raised yet again. So it's been pretty consistently raised on an annual basis now for the last few years. They base it on the average. Um, it's like 125% of the median home uh, value in your area for quarter three of the prior year. So they run that all out, said, okay, so... The new number now for everybody is 484350. That's the standard conforming. The new high balance loan amount uh, limit is 667. For San Luis Obispo County. For San Luis Obispo County. And that's an interesting thing. So we, we need to pause and talk about this right now. I wanted to um, let everybody know that there's there's really some significance here. Um when you exceed high balance in our county, like, for example, a month ago, you got a loan 
for six sixty seven. Right. Right? The current <laughs> limit. If you had got that loan a month ago, um you could have been forced into a jumbo loan, which could even be an adjustable rate loan. A lot of the jumbos still are. They'll be like, oh, we'll give you a fix for five, seven, ten years, whatever, but that's the only way you can really borrow what you want to borrow. Um it could also be that they broke you up into a first and second, couldn't they? I mean, that's gotten kind of popular here lately is that, um, well, shoot, we're seeing uh, some percentage of our pipeline now is funding as combo deals. Where, yeah, like right around 7 8% of loans last month were combo. Yeah, so there's a first that goes usually up to the limit or 80% loan to value if it's under the limit, and then there's a second that takes you beyond the limit or just kind of acts as additional down payment because you can qualify for it, but it avoids mortgage insurance, right? Um, so that's that classic old 80-10-10 things that some people know it as or a piggyback they'll know it as. Um, however it is that you understand it, the bottom line is um, that stuff has been happening a lot. So there's some people right now, um, pause. We went outside during the break and we talked about how because of all this turmoil in the economy, interest rates have gone down from five and an eighth or so. Five and a quarter-ish. Yeah, yeah. five and an eighth, five and a quarter <clears throat> here to about four and three quarters, four and seven eighths uh, APR. <laughs> so you basically what you have is it's created this opportunity for some people that if you bought a house a month ago – or two months ago or six months ago, interest rates today quite possibly could be lower. Am I saying everybody should refi right now? Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. However, if you have mortgage insurance, a second because that was the way it had to go down because the loan limit was too low for you, or a jumbo loan that's a rate higher than this, or... Um, a jumbo loan that's an adjustable that's fixed for five or seven or ten years. Um, the raising of this loan limit is a cool thing. Um, coupled for, with the fallen rates. <laughs> coupled with the fallen rates, it sort of cracks this window of opportunity. So, um, again, this is not going to be for everybody. I think there's actually a pretty short um, list here of people that this is really going to impact. So, um but those are the people. Uh, and so as always, even on the broader view, I would tell everyone um, it's always worth checking in. Central Coast Lending is not the kind of company where uh, we're, we're begging you to call so we can harvest your data and then harp you with spam mail and phone calls and all that kind of thing. We just we really don't even do that at all. Um I'll concede I have a couple of loan officers now that are pretty good about um, following up with people. So there are some people that might call back and need to be told that you call me too much. Um, But by and large, you can call our company and say, hey, I was listening to this show on Saturday. I wondered if, if, am I doing the right thing? Am I in the right product? I don't even know what I have. I've been doing it for a long time. Um, During that last refi boom we had, um, oh, it seems like a fond memory today, huh? 
like a like I'm thinking back to when the last time I went to Disneyland. Like it just makes me smile in my core. Um, we were doing these refis like crazy, man. It's like it's almost like if you had a loan, you should probably just call. <laughs> there's there's a good deal for you. Um, so we were helping so many people. And during that time, when it started to die out, we started to work our way into a segment of the market where there was people that um, just couldn't save enough money to justify refining, you know? And so we said, hey, look, you don't save enough money. Um, other idea, though, could you benefit from a 20-year fixed or a 15-year fixed? Is there some other reason? And so oftentimes I'd say if you call us, to just sort of do a checkup, you call and you say, hey, I really want to just know, am I in the right loan product? Do I have a good interest rate? Is there anything I should have thought about? And we can just look at it and say, oh, you're perfect. You should be doing, you're doing exactly what you're doing. Uh, I would advise that um, you just keep what you got. Or sometimes those conversations turn to my giving you a copy of an Excel amortization calculator where I'm like, check this out, though. If you put an extra 253 bucks a month into that mortgage, it's going to pay off this early and save you 90 grand. Um, those things are cool. And again, that's not you doing a new loan. That's just talking to a real expert about how the loan thing works. So, um, yeah, that... All of that talk. I told the realtors, too. I know we have a lot of realtors that listen to the show. I told the realtors I talked to this week about um, you're always looking for some way to stay in front of your um, all of your clientele and stay relevant and um, have good things to be able to contact them about. This is a good one. Look back at those last... 12 transactions you did or the last two years worth of business and see about these interest rates, those people that did a first and a second. And you're just, you're going to be nothing more than the hero that just reaches out and says, Hey Dan, it's been a little while since we talked. Um, they raised the loan limit recently. And I just saw, you know, I just remembered you had a first and second. And so you might just reach out to your loan person and, and uh, make sure that you're still doing the right thing. Um, most of the time, a lot of the time, the seconds are variable, right? Which means over at some time, they're going to adjust. Maybe they're adjusting with prime. Um, if they're not variable, oftentimes they're just at a higher interest rate. They're at 7 or 8% starting. Um, that's really popular if it's not the variable type. The variable type are starting at 5.5%. The non-variables are locked in at 6 7 8%. So... Um, Again, if that was the strategy it took to get you into your house with what was available at the time, that's probably the right thing then. Um, it arguably may not be the right thing today. And so we're telling people, um, give us a call. Let's check them out. Let's make sure you're in the right thing. Um, we'd love to be able to walk you through that. You can you can call. One number rings all of our offices. It's, it's 805-543-LOAN, which is 5626 and um or venture over to the web centralcoastlending.com we um like i said we we'll receive your call your information look at your situation give you our best advice about whether you're you're on the right path or there might be a tweak you can make to change reality a little bit the loan limit increase while it's for 
for next year, for the 2019 calendar year, banks are starting to accept those loans, right. th- those new loan balances today. So we can we can originate a conforming or a high balance loan at the 2019 limit today, um, and and get you know get today's lower fresh new lower rates today, uh, which is kind of nice. If you're currently nice Christmas present to yourself. If you're currently pre-approved <clears throat> right here in San Luis, you're one of the lucky few that are getting um, to buy a house here in Slow. Um, and I'm helping a buddy of mine buy a house in Slow right now. Uh, and I was pretty surprised for the house that you're going to get by um, for 850 grand. It's expensive, man. Kind of out of date. I was like, dang, slow is expensive. I'm a little out of touch um, sometimes when I look at a deal and I'm like, whoa, you're buying a $900,000 house. Good for you. And I open it up and I'm like, oh, you're probably bumming about that like tile counter. Uh, anyways, I digress. <laughs> um, if it takes 800000 to buy the house in slow that you're really after, um, and you have 20% down, that would have been a jumbo loan recently. So today, 20% down on $833,000 house takes you to that maximum 667 loan. So that means it, it sort of changed where it is that you're qualifying for. Now you can get one of these awesome sub five 30 year Fannie Mae loans. Um, that's a fixed rate loan with really low fees. Not You don't need a jumbo loan now if if that's kind of your scenario. So that's the other people I should probably lump in there too is that um, if you're a home buyer right now um, that was looking at max qualification, oftentimes I'd be telling people, especially people that have 10% down, they're going, okay, I have 10% down, which is 75 grand or whatever, right? So that means I I could buy a house for seven fifty, and then I would be borrowing out six seventy five, and then I'd go, mm, bummer, Dan, is that six seventy five is beyond the conforming loan limit, which is currently five eighty six. So that's going to be your new caps. So you could go five eighty six and put your seventy five down, which is going to put your affordability out at that six sixty level ish. Um, but but you're not you weren't hoping for. Ooh. 660 you wanted a 750 house um so in this situation that higher loan amount for buyers is just stretching your ability and and this is the heart of it right this is where this conversation started home values have gone up fhfa wants to remain relevant with having a good conforming loan for people to be able to buy the place where they are and in san luis we're lucky that we're on that list of being um, I mean, we're unlucky that it's expensive to be here, but we're lucky that we're on the list of some of the California counties left that are able to take advantage of these higher loan amounts. Here's the biggest surprise of the loan limit changes is that San Luis Obispo County leapfrogged over Santa Barbara County as far as the max loan limit for the high balance loan. Last year, or this year, 2018, the slow county limit was what, 586 Five hundred eighty-six thousand and some change, mm-hmm. <clears throat> whereas Santa Barbara County was, I think, six twenty-five. For twenty nineteen, Santa Barbara County still at six twenty-five, unchanged. San Luis Obispo County jumped up almost a hundred thousand dollars, about eighty thousand dollars to six 
667 or 677? 667. Yeah. 667,000. So that was kind of a surprise to me. Isn't Santa Barbara more expensive? I guess not. Um, perhaps maybe not in the third quarter rate of appreciation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because at some point, the job opportunities in Santa Barbara are going to be somewhat limited, right? I guess. So at some point, they're, um, they're light volume. They're not seeing enough homes sell. They're not, um, they're not garnering the, the same need, you know, because mm-hmm. the other thing about this loan limit here um, that I wanted to just tell you real quick is. Let's say you own your house and you're doing pretty good and your company's doing pretty good um, or you have a pretty good job and you're trying to figure out what your next play is. Those numbers we're talking about, those are for single family residents. You could buy a duplex or a triplex or a fourplex. And because those cost more, um, there's an an allowment here to borrow more by property type. So... For example, if you wanted to buy a fourplex and use a Fannie Mae loan, um, my limit for next year just got bumped to one million two hundred eighty-two thousand seven hundred. Is that the high balance? Limit? That's the high balance limit for a fourplex in Slow County. So that's pretty crazy, right? Um, who can get that? Well, you could do that as a primary. If you found a fourplex and you were going to live in one of them and rent out the other three, that's kind of cool. You need to be able to qualify for it, which can be hard to do. Also going to take a pretty big down payment. Yeah. Um, Even on those units, it's going to be, I think the fourplex down payments are still 25%. Like it's, it's big. It's not like FHA where you can do the minimum down and buy a fourplex. Um which, by the way, did you know you could do that? <laughs> Interesting strategy. If I was, a, yeah, if I yeah. was a single dude, um, just trying to figure out how to get it all going, how about you buy a fourplex and live in one of them with three and a half percent down? That's a that's a sweet way to get your foot in the door of buying a house. But um, anyway, on yeah, so on that fourplex, you'd probably put twenty five percent down. However. What if you bought it with a friend or a couple buddies? Like right now there's probably somebody singing to somebody they know that's like three single lawyer dudes that are trying to figure out how to um, get their foot in the door to buy and some stuff. You could buy a fourplex and use this conforming loan for almost $1.3 million. That's wild, you guys. Um, so anyhow, I'm excited about the – this recent drop in rates. I'm excited about these new loan limits. Um, I'm not as excited about these other weird loans that are coming back. I wanted to talk with you about that after the break. We got like bank statement loans again mm-hmm. and other weird things that are making their way into the market. Um, but let's do our uh, commercial break here. We'll take some time out to thank the sponsors. And then we'll be back here in just a minute with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. If you're like most investors, the constant ups and downs of the stock market have you on edge. How do you make sure you keep your gains without jumping ship too soon? At Century Financial Consultants, they have an investment strategy where your money is completely protected against market losses. You go up with the stock market, your gains locked in, and when the market goes down, you don't lose anything. Literally, you go up, never down, forwards, never backwards. Sounds too good to be true? See for yourself for free. Call Matt at Century Financial Consultants today at 805-324-7914. That's 805-324-7914. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved. Just call 543 Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 018 California DBO number 605-478-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-3588-
represents a small, small portion of what's available. It's like right. 2% of the listings in the county right. are multifamily. Not a lot of those. Um, and if you want one in San Luis Obispo, I hope you have some money. Hey, well, we have this new higher loan limit to help you out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does it go to $10 million? No. No. What? <laughs> you saw one in there for $10 million? Oh, yeah. Saw a few in here. Clearly there. more than four units. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. That's for like the apartments on California or something. Which, by the way, if you're going to buy that, you're going to need like 40% down. So you better have a lot of millions. A lot of millions. Or like be Paris Hilton or something. Where'd Paris Hilton go? <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of <laughs> she, a, that's a, she's, a pull. She gone. <laughs> Nobody's seen or heard from her in a while, huh? Um. All right. Well, get out of the get out of the multifamily right. listings here. We don't have that much time left, but we have some things we need to talk about, Dan. Okay. Um. Let's see. We've covered today's December eighth. Today's December 8th. Yeah. The jobs report came out yesterday. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about that at all. Um, we added 155,000 jobs in November. So that's kind of a modest slowdown, right? I mean, we were expecting 190,000 jobs. Yeah, we had a couple strong months before, though. So we did have some big months before. Um, it keeps the 2018 average over 200,000, which I mean, that boy, that's a run of 12 months. I'll tell you what. Um, the over the course, too, I mean, obviously, that that. Unemployment rate is also really historically low. It held pat at 3.7%. Um, that's crazy low. Um, also, average hourly earnings increased by 0.2%. Um, that puts the year-over-year gain has has been and still is 3.1%. Um, so that's kind of the moving number there. And so... Uh, that's an interesting thing. I mean, it's it's December, right? So, um, looking at this this whole thing, the, the jobs market's been good. Uh, you could even argue it's been great. It probably would be nice to see um, more growth in that wage number. I I wish that. Uh, I, w- I don't even know what what does wage growth even need to be. It's just so it needs to be above inflation, and it is. But but it needs to make up for for past years, right? That's what I was going to say. Is in my mind, I'm picturing this graph, right? That's sort of running out into the future, and when we look at it, um, the cost of things went up faster than the rate of uh, wage growth. And so it, it just creates a pinch that's never really been resolved. Um, and at, at our company meeting this week, one of our pretty wise guys been in the business for a good long time, considers himself a, a real expert on it, um, was talking about 
this thing right now where we have uh, high record high household debt again. People are putting um, essential life things on credit cards and running with big balances in that that amount of credit card debt has now eclipsed what it was pre-recession. And I'm not going to say I don't you know, I don't actually really believe that credit card debt before that last recession uh, was the big driver of it because I don't believe it was. Um, the type of loans, the qualification or lack thereof of people buying homes, lack of down payment, lack of quality of appraisals, lack of quality of loan originators that are counseling these people, I think all of those things really weighed heavily into it. So when I hear that credit card debt today surpasses the debt that it was in 2007, um, that doesn't scare me as much. But at the same time, um, man, credit card debt is, it's like a, a hamster wheel, you know? Once you have credit card debt, you're odd, like you're you need something to change. Something's got to give. You've seen on that. Um, you ever get your credit card bill and you see that thing that tells you, "Hey, you owe three thousand bucks, and your minimum payment's twenty five bucks." And of course, that first statement, right, was let's say you don't have a balance. This is your incidentals account. And so you're you're gonna pay that three thousand bucks in full. There's really no interest on it that first go round, so it's twenty five bucks. And if you pay twenty five bucks, this is what the new laws have in there in the back page. It's like, and if you pay twenty five bucks, it will take you till twenty fifty one to pay this thing off. Dang, at paying twenty five bucks this month, I'm just signing up for. I'll always have this debt. And I know there's plenty of people that have that problem. Um, like, what do you do if you're one of those hardworking families um, and then the company car blows up or the family car blows up and now you have to buy a $3,000 motor um, or you're going to, um, I mean, what's your other choice? Go, Go another buy car. another car. Yeah. But what if that car's not paid off too? Some of these car loans now are for seven years. So what if it blows up and now it needs to be rebuilt and you're still paying on it? You know what I mean? So now here you are. So you go, you know, we weighed it all out. The best thing we could do is put 3000 bucks on the on the credit card here. And we'll just hope to use my bonus in, in June. Uh, we'll just chip away at this thing, not do a family vacation this year. We're just going to bang this thing out. But now there you are, right? It's it, it can happen so easily. And so that's the thing about... Um, this wage growth thing is that you want to see it go up because I think a lot of people got some debt because that there was that period where inflation was just things were more expensive than the money they could earn. And so they took job like you remember 2008 people were taking jobs that were well below their qualification, mm -hmm. well below their recent earning schedule. Um, when I was driving down here today, I was thinking to myself, um, you remember what that felt like all we had so many friends that made a hundred grand a year cause they were in the mortgage business. And then there in 2008, they were like 
so many friends on unemployment, some of which were like, well, I'm not going to get a job. I'm making more money on unemployment than I can make taking that job at the bank or whatever. Dang, that's crazy, but okay. Um, so this is what I was thinking about. I was coming down the grade. This is honestly what I was wondering about. Um, are people making the same money today they were making in 2006? The builders have been doing pretty good, huh? Like if you're a plumber or an electrician right now, you're doing pretty good. You got to be pretty happy. Are you making the same? Yeah, there's a lot of work, right? You're staying busy. And I think there's, at least from the outside, it looks like there's fewer people doing it because not everyone survived that era of like, well, if you drove a tractor, you're out of work, dude. We aren't grading for new homes. Um, Or if you were a new uh, plumber that did new construction, hopefully you learned the service call business pretty quick. Um but yeah, so I was just curious. So you think? Do you feel like people are making what they were making? I don't know. I have I'm such not a limited view. I'm I, not convinced that the mortgage business ever really caught all the way back up to that. Account executives and processors and funders, like it was common back then. You could have funders making a hundred grand a year, and today funders aren't making a hundred grand a year. Well, there's there's more costs. I mean, when you're looking at the mortgage business specifically, there's more costs. There's a regulatory framework of, that has burdened us with greater costs. I get that. So, yeah, while there might be more <clears throat> revenue, there's more costs. So <clears throat> it limits what you can pass through in the form of wages to employees. My, when I was at Thanksgiving, I guess I haven't been here <laughs> since Thanksgiving. I was talking to my... Um, I was talking to my brother's father-in-law, who's it's a great guy, builder. And I was asking him, so what's it like? And he said, man, it sucks. So really? I heard it's good. And he said, it's not good anymore. It's already turned. It's too expensive, and it's not worth the risk. He said, back in the day, um, and this dude's been building for 40 years, right? But he said, back in the day, I built, and if I could make, um, if things turn and I lost a percent, I lose a percent on a hundred thousand bucks. I lost a thousand bucks. He said, "Today, I lose a percent on this seven hundred thousand dollar house. I lose seven grand." And he said, um, "You know how hard it is to save money. So you work really hard, and you have success after success, and you sock away ten percent this month, and maybe ten percent next month, and ten percent the next month. That's what you hope for. And when you lose fifteen or thirty percent of seven hundred thousand dollars a couple times in a row, Big step you say, you're getting slapped hard and heavy. And I was like, "Wow, I never really thought about that." <clears throat> We've got a caller on the line. Uh, Brett is calling from Morro Bay. Good morning, Brett. Brett. Anyway, you were you know you were talking about the trades, which yeah, is, you know what I do a little bit. You could say okay, uh, they're making they're making more. And there's a strange dynamic in the construction industry right now, which is kind of interesting to what you're talking about. In 2006, you're right, everybody was going great guns, and then it died, right? Yep. So all of a sudden, 
there's no jobs. Exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I met guys like you say, hundred grand a year, and they were like planners that work for engineering firms, right? Well, there, you know, before it would be like bad here, and then they'd run to Vegas. There's nowhere good. So I mean, you know, they're on unemployment and getting their wives' jobs. But so this last decade, there's been no young guys coming up through the ropes and learning the trades. They all went to Starbucks or wherever they had to go, and there is this huge labor gap because there's no, there was nobody in training. And even if you grab a good guy, it would take years to get him up to speed, you know, to be able to where you could trust him to go out and do a job. Right. So you're ending up with smaller crews and having to pay them more and quite competitive with guys, you know, trying to poach your guys. Right. Because there just, there just isn't, you know, in, you know, and those guys that went off to Starbucks or whatever after that down, they're not, you know, they're not going to come back for you, right? Right. And uh, yeah, because I, you know, as the employer, you're right. Your overhead's gone up, and no, you are paying more in wages and more in overhead. But I've never been this busy since I've been in business. Wow. In over 30 years, even even if you looked at 2006, because there's just less guys and less less outfits in the in the industry. Hmm. And, you know, so, you know, it, so, yeah, you know, what I'm charging is, is definitely incre- increased, you know, more than it was back then. And, there, you know, there's less guys in the industry. So you're just running your crew because there's nobody. You can't just go, go down to the bar and grab guys like you used to in the day because they just aren't there, you know, and they don't have any experience to be there. It's 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 quite the conundrum in, you know, being in the trade. You just, you can't, it's not that you, you can't find guys. You can't find guys that, you know, are experienced because they, they dissipated out of the trades and they're, you know, the guy that started was a laborer and then, you know, and learned and worked his way up. They, there, there hasn't been those guys for 10 years. So what's the solution to the problem? I, I mean, is there a recruitment process of, of young people that, that you're attempting to do or how do you, how do you bring new people into the business? Into well, the trades? you, 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 you're, you know, a huge training curve. I mean, you're, you know, basically you're trying to, you know, you have to invest in, in guys and train them. But what I've just done is I fed my guys through the bad times. You know, my guys are like chihuahuas in my pan. Like they didn't go anywhere. I mean, we did whatever it took and, and, uh, you know, they're on unemployment and, you know, paying them cash a couple, couple times, you know, days, days a week is then, you know, a little bit of work and we, you know, shuffled shuffled through it so i've kept my guys and I have to say this is what i got and this is how much work i can do and it's just been overwhelming you know uh you know i mean I, I, after this year i'm getting battle weary it's just <laughs> you know they just keep calling and i've never been able to say oh you want to spend 400 grand i don't have the time to do it i don't have time to look at it it's two weeks before i can look at a job wow yeah you know, it's, it's, it, you know, it's kind of bizarre and there's, you know, it also has a little feeling of, of there might be a ledge again. Yeah. You know, so you don't want to, you know, you don't want to spend a bunch of money, you know, a bunch of money on equipment because you just don't know how, how, how long this little, this little run is going to last. Like you say, because stuff's gotten so expensive. Right. right. It, and then, you know, and then some of my customers, I mean, the other thing is that last downturn, it, the, it hurt the big guys. You know, the like you say, the big track builders. You know, I had a customer, and he was, you know, one ounce of, you know, being wealthy and retiring for the rest of his life. Bought a three hundred lot subdivision up in uh, up towards Reno, 
And when it imploded, it imploded on him. Yeah. Lost, lost his, you know, lost his everything. Years of building up to be able to do a 300 lot subdivision. And, you know, and the wheels came off. That's a bummer. Yeah. Timing is everything, huh? And that, that lesson is not soon forgotten. I mean, Dan mentioned it earlier in the show too, is you got people that are, they remember, right? Once bitten, that, twice shy. And you got yeah, that. Well, and then I've, you know, and me, I've been at this so long. So that, you know, this is my, you know, probably, you know, third, third downturn. And I thought I was well positioned in 06. I mean, everything I, everything I owned, I saw it coming. Everything I, owned was paid off right so you're thinking okay i have no payments you know you're also watching guys go bankrupt and their all their equipment at the uh repo roundup at the dealers you know i mean there's some guys that you know really you know got slammed yeah i thought i'm i'm well positioned but when your gross goes from 1.4 i think my gross went down to like an 08 or 09 to 300 grand hmm you know, Jeez. and that's what I used to do when it was just me and one employee. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, wow. You know, you know, rice and beans you're wishing for. I mean, you know, and in, in with everything paid off, you know, and you're, you know, you know, and, and now, you know, now I'm back up, you know, beyond what I was in 06, but still though that, that lesson, and it took a, you know, even powering through and being positioned to know it was coming or, 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 you know, foreseeing it. And then you, you know, you know, and then, yeah, you don't recover so easily. You know, you're not like, okay, let's go spend a bunch of money. Let's go buy a bunch of stuff. You're like, I don't know. I've seen this yeah. movie before. Right. You know, it takes a while <laughs> to get your, you know, your head, you know, head back in the game. So you stick with what you got. So that's, you know, part of maybe why I don't bring new guys into the field. Yeah. And, you know, and they're hard to come by. Yeah. So I, I got two boys in high school and, um, we have these conversations a lot where it's like, you know, if you want to go to college, that's great. If you don't want to go to college, that's okay too. Um, what do you want to do? And we talk about that, about the trades, you know, is that imagine for some of these guys, if you, you know, you need to put in five years, it might take you five years of, of being in yes. someone's yep. apprentice of learning yep. that, but but you do five years to go be a pro at theater arts or whatever you know degree you get in that five years. So five years you might be an apprentice. So you're gonna put your head down, really work hard, be special from eighteen to twenty three. You could have a really good lucrative knowledge and ability to to take care of yourself for the rest of your life anywhere in the world. Um, at that point, um, and and probably you know you're not going to have the hundred grand in student loan debt that you would have. So, um, well, I, I or and even be making more. You know, a top guy in the trades would be making more than that guy with the hundred grand in student loans. That's what you know isn't really expressed. I mean, you know, a top guy and and you know part of that's knowledge and part of that you know his abilities and, and personality, but a top guy's going to be making that hundred grand a year yeah you know i mean you know like uh you know my top guy i think i pay what 55 bucks an hour and i take three more of them if they're out there yep you know and you know and plus 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 benefits yeah you know but they're just they're not there and you know and plus now even the trades or in my end of it there's a guy with computer skills can even be quite valuable sure oh yeah and and uh and, and plus in the heavy equipment uh they are making it they are making the equipment not for me but for your sons 
Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Uh, it's like video game video, controllers. They're all video games. <laughs> they're all video controllers now. That's right. Funny. You know, and the the fun one the thing that I found interesting is is Caterpillar took me back to their proving ground in uh, Tucson, and one of the things they talked about and they study this quite extensively is you're selling you know three hundred to five hundred thousand dollar motor graders, right? And the average age of a grader operating in the United States was 59 years old. Dang. Now, you want to keep, you want to keep, yeah, th- now, th- and they're going, this is a problem. I mean, this is a huge problem. So Caterpillar spent, is spending and has spent millions on uh, GPS grade control systems so that they could uh-huh. put, you know, your son after the five years training on a grader and it be productive enough to warrant that three to 500,000. Right. You know, it's like it literally, it literally has got a video s- screen uh, in the middle of it so that you can see, you know, make grade on the screen. Yeah. Wow. And all controlled by GPS. And then, uh, they, and they even did away with the steering wheels. It even the, you know, the new graders now are video controls and the old guys went, what is that? You know, they were launch, <laughs> launching them off the side of the road. And, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, John Deere said, Oh, this is a problem. So they put a little steering wheel. So you can go either way with there. So the, a lot of the old guys went to the, you know, John Deere graders. They never would have touched before, but Caterpillar sees this, sees this problem, studied it, you know, looked at it, the average age of grade operators and building machines, to, you know, to stay in the marketplace, to stay relevant, and be able to sell machines. Awesome! Hey, uh, thanks so much for calling in today. Really appreciate it. We're running out of time, so we got to boot you so that we can just get through the formalities of closing out. But I, I appreciate your phone call. Uh, welcome you to call back anytime. Yeah, it's interesting to hear the state of of the trades, and I mean, it's it's a, obviously a contributing factor to to home costs today. Oh yeah, <laughs> wild. As we were talking about. So Caterpillar says that the average age of an equipment operator, um, it's in their best interest to know that, right? I wonder what the average age is of a plumber today, too. I, I, I bet I you that they're similar. all right, right, working in the same uh, areas, right, for exactly the reason um, as just discussed. Anyways, that's a great phone call. I love it. Um, we are running out of time here today, and um, I just want to remind you guys that uh, we have – we have so many different loan products um, and want to offer our ability to just give you solid counsel. Um, we do reverse mortgages. We do construction loans. Uh, we do manufactured home loans. We do jumbo loans. Uh, we do purchase and refi loans. We can help you buy that vacation home up in the mountains or down at the beach. We can help you figure out uh, what it takes to be able to buy your first investment property. Um, those, uh, any of those kind of things, really anything to do with real estate, we'd love to be able to just be part of your team, kind of helping craft the idea and make sure that you got the right plan together. Um, we mentioned earlier in the show that interest rates have dipped here a little bit. It makes it a pretty nice time to be able to uh, to revisit if you got one of those things, if you bought a house in the last year and you've got some kind of a second or an adjustable rate loan or you've got mortgage insurance, um, have a look at it. Uh, might just be something there for you. We also uh, have been helping people a lot lately with debt consolidation loans. 
Um, not always the best idea, but like we were talking earlier, if you've got, if the credit card bug gotcha, um, or you've been taking care of an, uh, an elder parent or putting a kid through college, um, sometimes using some equity of your house can be one of the more cost effective and, uh, least impactful to the cash flow. So, um, those are all things that we're looking at and, and working on for you, help you, just have all the information so that you can make the best decision. If if that sounds like something that you believe you should uh, take advantage of, call us this week, 805-543-5626. That's 543-LOAN uh, or centralcoastlending.com. Thanks much for being with us. We will be back for another live episode next week. Hope to see you then.